listening to the Mobcast Network. Cantina. Yes, hello, welcome hey. to our podcast. <laughs> this is the podcast that looks at some of your favorite cult films mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. an alcoholic beverage. We she, will. Uh, we will. Um, she's not here with us. She's not here with us, though, and uh, we talk about it. You've uh, skipped my spot the last two weeks. What? Shows it to uh, someone who's not, not seen it. Sorry, sorry. Like, you just... Sk- sorry. We, we talk uh, about her not being here, and you're like, and then we talk about it. Well, sorry, because... Boom, done. Because Steph's not here, and it throws everything off. <laughs> Please fix it. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> Take two. <laughs> This is the podcast that look at some of your favorite cult films. We do. As an alco- alcoholic beverage. She's not here today, though. Shows us someone who's not seen them. <gasps> Me! Hello! <laughs> I'm here. Present. <laughs> and then we talk about it. Yay. I'm your Native American pop culture spirit guide, uh, Scotty, and I'm joined by, as always, She's Not Here. And we're also joined by... Justina, your jellical jester. She knows, knows no, no movies. movies. Admiral... At your service. At ease. <laughs> See? We got through some of it. We did. Well done. Um, uh, you can find us on any podcast app. Uh, we're, uh, I'm screwing this all up. Yeah. Sp- also joining us today is our producer. I am number uh, two. Yeah, that's right. Hey everybody. <laughs> there it is. There it is. He's here too. It's. A, I, I'm gonna blame the new medication. <laughs> Stephanie, <laughs> you have imbalanced our chair. <laughs> the legs don't work. Right. I just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who does number two work for? <laughs> you he guys. Works for us. <laughs> there we go. You can listen to us on any podcast app. You're probably listening to us on a podcast app. Please rate and subscribe. It helps us out. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash cultmoviecantina where you can play games like uh, Wrong Title Only and uh, Name This Band and other things I'm coming up with as we go along. Uh, you're on YouTube. We're on YouTube, not you. You are you not. will be when you're looking for us on YouTube. We're on at YouTube at uh, Mopcast Network, and uh, we're on TikTok now. I've been loading up TikToks. TikTok. So we're on TikToks. This week we are watching the 1991 cult classic and dare say real classic uh, Silence of the Lambs directed by Jonathan Demme written by Thomas Harris and uh, Ted Talley it really was written by Ted Talley Thomas Harris was just the source material uh, he had no involvement He because w- he's uh, notoriously shy and he's like Aww. he doesn't want to bother anybody uh, stars Jodie Foster as Clary Starling Anthony Hopkins as Dr. Hannibal Lecter this time with a C not a K uh, Scott Glenn as Jack Crawford, Anthony Held as Dr. Frederick Chilton, uh, Frankie Faison as Barney, Ted Levine as James Gum, and uh, Brooke Smith as Catherine Martin. Do we have some fun facts or activities for the day? Uh, so if you have seen this film, you will notice that there's a lot of riddles, if you will. He likes to speak in a way that makes you think and ponder your existence in life. A lot of anagrams, too. He's a fond fan of anagrams. Yep. Yes, he is. So I brought the trivia games this time. And Woo-hoo! since Stephanie is out, producer Caleb, oh. number two, you get to play along. Oh, boy. This is trivia from the 90s. Dun, dun, dun. Question one. Yes, how do we buzz in? Uh, how are we doing this? Are let's we go have? back and forth. Okay. Back okay. and forth. So this was for you. Okay. All right. Scotty. Yes. What was the name of the pink Mighty Morphing Power Ranger? I have options too. Yes, please. But I was kind of hoping you would just throw it down like I, you do, I, Rain Man. Um, I have names in my head, but I'm not sure exactly, so I will need options. Kay. Also, unfair colorblind. <laughs> Okay, um, but first of all, there's two <laughs> ladies, so just know one of the two names. Kimberly, Katie, Casey, or Catherine? Kimberly. It is Kimberly. That is correct. 
Because I keep wanting to say Amy, but that's her real name. (laughs) That is exactly what I would expect from you, and nothing less to know both of the names. I just couldn't remember which was real or fake. What was the first Mary Kate and Ashley movie? (laughs) I don't know this one. (laughs) This one you might know, though. All right. Billboard Dad, It Takes Two, To Grandmother's House We Go, How the West Was Fun. I want to say it's To Grandmother's House We Go. Is that a, are you asking or are you telling me? Hold on. Give me the options again. Billboard Dad, It Takes Two, To Grandmother's House We Go, How the West Was Fun. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with my gut. Okay, well, that is correct. Well done. Good, because I would have went with it takes two, which that, I think that is was the, my other, which uh, I think is the first theatrical one. These are all home. Yeah, all a lot. Of, yeah, like seventy-five percent were home, home release. release. By the way, this is why they don't have to work anymore. But they are well, because also they life. they use that money to go into fashion, and right. then, just, then they just, stayed there. Yeah, they're just <laughs> they're interesting people. That's why they're making their little sister now. do all the work. Yeah, now yeah, now her sister has to be the actor because she didn't grow up doing that. Right. <laughs> I think so she was in like an episode. Life. Yeah, she got the creds. You have to get the creds right, in the yeah. episodes. I think she was in an episode yeah. to a Full House. Are you was, ready? Yes, yes. Who was the butler on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Jeffrey. Well done. Yeah. Do you know how it was spelled? With a G. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Well done. It's that fancy G. A <laughs> G. You ready? Yeah. What? Eight film Tom Cruise franchise started out in the 90s. Oh, that, I don't need this. Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, there's only one eight film <laughs> that he's done. Yeah, it's he's still doing. Where Jack Reacher. Probably like ten films by now. Yeah, Taken, uh, which he's not doing. Taken. No, he didn't. And Underworld. Taken. And Jack Reacher only had one uh, that he did. One or two. I think he did two Jack Reachers. But yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah. All right. Scotty? He either did the one Jack Reacher or he did two of the other one. Because I know he did two like Jack Reacher type guys. Yeah. I think it's They're the all one. the same type of people. Yeah, they are basically. Yeah. Which is not considered a grunge band. This is fun. I enjoy this question for you. Oh, I love it. Pearl Jam. It's my favorite grunge <laughs> band. So no. Soundgarden. Grunge band. I don't know this. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to. I think it might have to. It's. N I R A N A, but I feel like it might have been Nirvana, and they missed the V. Probably that because I don't know a band N I R A N A. Nirvana. <laughs> so we're gonna say Nirvana. All right. Yeah. Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox Twenty. They're from Orlando. Okay. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. And uh, they're and actually uh, the they're actually a band came out of another band, much like Pearl Jam, except without death, and. Um, the lead singer and the guitarist uh, were in an earlier band called Tabitha Secret, and when they didn't, they had one release out, and they got dropped by the label. They broke up, and they made Matchbox Twenty. And here we are with our Rain Man, Caleb. <laughs> yes. Who played Cher in Clueless? I'm gonna now. I am gonna need. Do you need them? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Stacy Dash, Reese Witherspoon. Brittany Murphy, Alicia Silverstone. The only person I know that was in that I know of, uh, I'm gonna go with. Gonna go with Reese. I have not watched Clueless. Uh, so, so you're who, going with Reese Witherspoon? Who like, you going with? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, can I give you the correct answer? Yeah, give me the correct <laughs> yeah, one. Can. It's the uh, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, okay. Which yeah. I, I Clueless that. is one that I'm, I'm... Clueless we need to do on the two podcast, yeah. actually. I, think I clu- really like yeah. Clueless. I think we should do uh, Clueless. Clueless is great. Reese Witherspoon was in Legally Blonde. That's it, yeah. Th- is it which is also very similar. Which is also surprisingly good. It yeah. is very good. I really like Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde, both like And both I like the musical. Really yeah. I really like the musical. Yeah, it was fun, too. Yeah, so. I enjoyed that. All right, Scotty. Yes. Which of these is not an original Beanie Baby? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Patty the platypus, chocolate the moose, legs the frog, or happy the hippo. I don't know this one. Um, I will go with the Patty the platypus. It is happy the hippo. hippo. Mm. I kn- I knew chocolate the moose was a real. I knew one yeah, chocolate the moose sounds like a because I, I that I, sounds like a this is a cute name. Yeah. You ready? So yeah. far, we are both down one. All right. Which was the last Harry Potter book released in the 90s? In the night. Ready? In the United States or in, ca- I in mean, the UK? It's, I yeah. T- that's, that's uh, <laughs> I, this this game's from the USA, so let's say the okay, USA. Okay, so we'll say U.S. I like that you asked that question because... I don't know that other like they were released pretty close. Though. Yeah, right. So I just He'd be yeah, like, I don't know. there's three weeks difference, <laughs> yeah. so I need to it's know. True. Yeah. Right. They so, were all released so in July, so it doesn't right, matter. Right. Yeah. Like, like the UK one could have been in 1999, and then the the one in the US could have been like 2000. Yeah, no, like it, it just missed it. Just no, missed it. They were released <laughs> in July. Yeah. So, so the options you have from the books are Prisoner of Azkaban, Chamber of Secrets, Goblet of Fire, or Order of the Phoenix. I want to say it's pretty early. Because I think they started in the late, well, I think they started in the mid '90s. So I want to say, give give me one more time, just so I can. Prisoner of Azkaban, mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets, Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with pr- Prisoner of Azkaban. What number is that? That would be three. Thank you. That is correct. That was my guess. And yeah, because it has to be has, early. It has to be early. Yeah. It could have been that our chamber, chamber of secrets. Well done. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Like I can get to that number after that. And I don't because I think that's the last that's, movie. We, that's last, about as high as we went. We, yeah. The last movie I saw. Okay. So I think yeah. we because Goblet of Fire is the next one, and it like I uh, felt you know that what? felt like a two thousand. This does not here, but let's go ahead and discuss that real quick. Yeah. Maybe, okay. maybe maybe the podcast can can help us okay. decide this. So I'm thinking about next season. All right, because we're getting we, we're about. F- Four more episodes, four more movies before we're done uh, for t- this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, a while back, years ago, Steph, uh, J- Justine and I started a podcast where we were trying, because she would not seen the Star Wars films, and I hadn't seen most of the Harry Potter stuff. And but what was really fascinating about it is we did it in order. Right. So we did it in, in, in um, episode order. of order, not release order. Not release order. Yeah. yeah. So I started Star Wars in a weird way. People. Right, right. Which, which is what I think Scotty is, does to me. I think it's also the correct way, for, but for ep- for Star Wars, I think Star Wars you should start episode one and go through the story. That, I'm chronological as well. Yeah, I'm chronological. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a. I'm also. I'm definitely against the machete order. <laughs> but I, the machete order is to like prevent like the plot twist from revealing too soon for each one, and it's like no, 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 no it doesn't fine. matter. You're fine. You're fine. But, but that's the thing is like when we went through it, and this might be extra, but. I did. I wasn't aware of things that you were known. Well, like yeah. they didn't approach it the same way. Like when we were watching them, it was just fascinating because like we would be watching it and talk about it afterwards because right. that's what we did. Yeah. And we watched it together and then we talked about it. So they yeah. were late nights. 
Um, but I just, I was like, he seems like he might be a bad guy. People look at him like he's a bad guy, but I don't know what he's done. Yeah. I mean, so I wa- like, I technically mostly watched in release order growing because like, I watched episode one first. That's yeah, because because that's how I was you were introduced. little when it came out, right? That's how yeah. I was introduced. Yeah, and so I watched it on VHS a bunch, and that's how I watched it. And then I watched four, five, and six after because I got those right. on VHS. And then and now that two we, was my first. Now we've theatrical. got the sequel trilogy out. And we've got some so yeah, um, and so and some good shows. So I yeah. I I think I wanted, and if the audience thinks this is a good idea, I think we should do next season. I think we should do Star Wars and Harry Potter again, and I would I would skip the cult meetings this next season though. I would do. It would have to be. Well, it would have to. Would have to, and yeah. so we could we could have like a mini. You know, if there's something important to talk about, we would talk about it. But I think we do Star Wars, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Harry Potter for the for the run. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. So let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts on that, and then um, we'll uh, we'll try again. Anyway, sorry. We're next on, question. We're on Scotty. Yep. So. Th- this is going to be the fifth question for each of you, so this is the last question. All right. Okay. And we are tied. I believe so. <laughs> yeah, we're tied. But the tiebreaker yeah. is that I uh, stole your question. <laughs> yeah. Because I knew the answer to the clueless one. Yeah. So you if don't we get to deter. <laughs> Guys, this is my game. <laughs> Hush your faces. All right, Scotty. Yes. Michael Jordan led the Bulls to how many championships in the 90s? The options are as follows. Please. Six, four, Seven or five? Four. The answer is six. Six. Ugh, I know he did it a lot. Right, I, I kept going like two of them All were like right. in the two th- early 2000s. had to be, but yeah. For the win. What year was Google founded? Would you like the year options? Yes, please. 95, 97, 98, 99. I'll go 97. The answer is 98. <sighs> All right. So now we're going to have a bonus round, okay? Tiebreaker. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. Not this one, because that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer to that one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do this one. We've done this question before. Right? Okay. So I'm going to see so if you guys remember. So this is a pay- paying attention game. So I'm going to say it. You, nobody can answer until I get through reading the question and all of the options. <laughs> oh, and then whoever, you're killing me, Smalls. And then whoever has the answer says it first. Okay. Kay? Okay. Tamagotchi is a Japanese blending of what two words? A. Egg and watch. B. Computer and pet. C. Pet and got you. D. Egg and computer. Egg and watch. Egg and watch, yeah. He said it very fast. Yeah, he got it first. He did. Well done. I had forgotten the answer to that. So I well remembered done. it. Yep. The one that I went past was, what sitcom was Steve Urkel on? Family <laughs> Matters. Family Matters, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I saw Steve Urkel. I was like, no, we're not doing that one. <laughs> no, no. I was fun. Yeah. And we learned a lot. And now, have you been able to silence the lambs? <laughs> Clarice. Clarice. Oh, we're, we're a lot to talk about. Um, this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, gather round. Present. Woo. Meet Clary Starling. She's an FBI agent in training who's just been plucked up by the head of behavioral science, Jack Crawford, to help with a project involving serial killers. Jack wants her to meet Dr. Hannibal Lecter to get him to fill out a questionnaire in hopes that to answer his answers will help solve future cases. She agrees to meet with the serial killer Lecter, also known as Hannibal the Cannibal, because he eats people. 
Uh, when meeting with Lecter, he is cordial but unnerving and isn't interested in the questionnaire. He is more interested in her and the current serial killer sensation in the country, Buffalo Bill. After some unpleasantness and a conversation on how he killed a census taker. I can't do that. Can you? He offers to help to solve the Buffalo Bills case by giving her a clue on in a storage unit. Meet James Gum, a guy with a funny voice and an interest in women's skins. Uh, he kidnaps a woman, turns her, uh, turns out to be the daughter of a U.S. senator. He throws her in a well at the bottom of the of his basement and torments her. It rubs a lotion on the skin. You did it almost in the right sound. And unless against the yes, player pressures against those. That is so unnerving. <laughs> We'll get to it. Inside the storage unit, uh, she finds the head of Benjamin Raspell, Buffalo Bill's first victim. And now the FBI knows where the, there's a connection between Bill and Lecter. And Crawford agrees to get Starling to give the doctor an offer uh, to transfer to another facility with perks, such as walking on the beach. Must be nice. Uh, must be nice. Uh, too bad the offer isn't good. It's not even real. Lecter's own psychiatrist, Dr. Chilton, has been secretly taping Lecter and Clarice's meetings and discovers the fake offer with the senator's daughter in jeopardy. uh, Chilton contacts the senator, and now the deal is real, and Crawford and Starling are in trouble. Lecter is transferred to to Memphis, where he gives details and the name of Buffalo Bill. He is placed in a special constructed cell and guarded by a SWAT team and local Memphis police. Starling visits him and uh, and knows, uh, because she knows he isn't telling the entire truth. Lecter gets her to confess some childhood trauma uh, that happened when her f- after her father died. He gives her the case file he's been working on before Starling is escorted out by the police. Lecter then works on what we will say his gruesome escape. Trust me, you need to see it. <coughs> he it flees Memphis. Uh, it was very beautiful. <laughs> it is mm. it's very artistic. He flees Memphis in a stolen ambulance and isn't seen from again. Clarence looks for the case file with Lecter. Help realize that Buffalo Bill knew his first uh, victim. She heads out to the victim's hometown where she interviews people who currently who knew her and leads her to the house of a lady of, uh, of, the, of the, who the victim did some sewing jobs for. It's currently occupied by James Gum, Buffalo Bill himself. Starling realizes uh, she is with a serial killer, tries to arrest him, and he leads her on a chase into his basement. She finds the sinner's daughter, but the killer shuts off the lights using night vision goggles to track her down. She hears him behind him and turns and shoots the killer dead. All is saved. Uh, Clarice graduates from the FBI and gets a call from Lecter, who's at a tropical island and hunting for Doctor Chilton. Long hair. Well, he he's gonna have him for dinner. He's gonna have old, he's gonna have an old friend for dinner. Yeah. Credits. So let's talk about this film. Whew. Well, uh, so so very different than Manhunter. Let's just let's yeah. just stay yeah, Okay, so let's continue the conversation we were gonna have um, last week. Yeah, right. Last week. Okay, so I. Watch Manhunter, I'm going to say begrudgingly. Like, I, I felt begrudgingly after I was done. To be fair, you begrudgingly watched be all the movies this time. 100%. <laughs> uh, but I watched this one. Now, this is a movie that I have always been meaning to watch in its entirety. Um, but I have watched different... I've seen the his scene where he escapes. I've seen that. Because uh, it's it, it has a lot of... There's a lot of stuff in it that's very important. There's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. um, like the interview with him, the way that he's in the shadows and comes into the light, things like that. Uh, so I've, I've watched those scenes, but I have not watched the whole thing. So I, I had a context of what was going on. 
um, in terms of the storyline. Right. So I wasn't clueless to the story. Um, now, having had watched it all together, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And to the point where it's like, all right, we're going to watch the next one. And then I waited because I wasn't for sure if that was something we were doing on the podcast. And I, I like to watch them because I haven't seen them pretty close to when we talk about it. Right. So it's fresh mm-hmm. because it right. it would be fresh. Um, but I did start the show Hannibal <laughs> because I have an itch now that must be scratched on the skin on my body. Right. That no one's taken from me. Anyway, so I started that and it starts hyper focused on Graham. Right. Yeah. Uh, like Manhunter. Yeah, mo- the entire show, show is, is Graham and, Graham and okay. Lecter. Yeah. So, uh which is good to know. Um it, I think they, this show does so I think this show does what Manhunter was trying to do. And because Graham is such a unique quirky person in the way that he thinks and approaches so things. So I am I'm, I'm I'll be real excited when you see season 3. Yeah. Okay. Cuz season 3 is Red Dragon. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so Red Dragon's been made three times. It's made Manhunter. It's made the the remake uh, with Anthony Hopkins as Lecter in Red Dragon. And then they did it on the sh- the show Hannibal in season three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so far, now I'm only a couple episodes into season one, so I haven't watched very much of it. But so far, I thoroughly enjoy the show as well. I think they did a fabulous job of, like, it makes you uncomfortable. But at the same time, like you want to see what happens next. It's but the way that they set up his oddities in it I think is what they were trying to accomplish in Manhunter and it just like you can tell with the lights. I don't know if you could tell as much with how the light changed in Manhunter because mm-hmm. um, you had a lot of pinks in some of yeah. them. Yep. But you you watched as like the darkness if you will faded when he was able to to solve something hanging over him. Like I get what they were doing. Right. It just was it was so drastic and overdone to me that it was just cheesy oh yeah again like, again like we said last week uh manhunter is a 1980s rock music video in a serial killer movie it's, they tried yeah you know, like that's when michael mann especially in that yeah. era michael mann um but hannibal so far been really good yeah yeah uh, the yeah. show yeah, hannibal's great hannibal's yeah. great um i i am fascinated by this movie on a couple of levels um I think Jodie Foster is absolutely brilliant in this thing. I love mm-hmm. her like, as that person. Like, uh, and she wins an Academy Award for this this role as she should. And it's it's one of the things that it's she's not playing it ham fisted. I mean, she is. I mean, she's just. I believe that she is a naive, but smart, young trainee. In a situation, I, yeah. b- I buy every bit of it. Yep. it looks, Minus her West Virginia accent. It, but it, it looks so. I mean, I I don't know what accent she was trying to have. She, so West Virginia. Virginia. She's from West Virginia. I, I just assumed she was from the South. Well, they say West Virginia in the film. Oh well, yeah. I just discounted that because she's from Texas. It's fine. Um, but it's her character just was so believable. Mm-hmm. Like you, you connected with her so much because it felt real and like her, instantly because you like, like you. I mean, the opening credits is her running through a. Oh yeah, Force. I was watching yeah. it and the whole time I was like, I I have yet to do something like that. And you're like, I want to totally do that. I seriously that. out loud was like, I really want to do an obstacle course <laughs> because I want to see how I would do cuz I have a problem. Um, <laughs> and then Jennifer's like, let's go find you a place. But you see her She's a supportive derby wife. Yeah. She is. Uh you see her athleticism mm-hmm. in points like that, but you also see like she has a different way that she approaches things when she's professional. Mm-hmm. Like she looks different. I don't like it when she dresses professional. Like to me, I, it ages her a lot, which it might be the point. I think it is the point. Yeah. But then you see her looking when she's talking to like her classmates 
and she's dressed differently. Like it, she's more it, casual. It feels like you can tell that she has that naivety, 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 whatever. Nativity. Yeah, she's, she's naive. very naive. Like she's yeah, very naivety. young, and so like you can tell that she intellectually and physically is growing, mm-hmm. but she's still learning. Like mm-hmm. she's still she's not there yet. And uh, so it's it's uh, interesting. I think the dressing up though is because she wants whenever she's trying to be professional is to match her peers. Oh, oh yeah, I'm not like I don't disc- yeah. I don't think it was a bad move. No, I just found her more approachable. Like I enjoyed. The way that she appeared when yeah. she was hanging out with friends because it felt it felt real. Yeah. It just felt very Because while, while the film never outright states it, this is a feminist story because it's like they call her, they make it clear that she is a woman a few times in the film. And then like, well, but they never outright say anything I mean, they kind of do. They, because uh, they, when they call for him, it's like, oh, so he sent a woman this time because yeah. he thinks if they send an attractive woman, mm-hmm. Hannibal will talk. Because, oh, well, what's the line? Is I don't think he's seen a woman in yeah. eight years. But it's never yeah. like an outright like, oh, this is a feminist statement. Like, right. th- it's very and, like, uh, and look, and she's not dressing sexy or anything for no. him. She's just, you know, she's professional, which probably would be, you know, the psychiatrist's bag anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I think once again, that's just her trying to match her peers. Because no, no, she absolutely. Knows, I, cause, right. well, yeah. Because well. She she's not aware of the agenda. Like Crawford sends her sends her in there for to, the Buffalo to, Bill. to solve the help help with the Buffalo Bill case, like he did with the Tooth Fairy case. Yep. You know he's he's good at this. And then the the um the Shrake the the case in the um first season of Ma- Hannibal. Yeah, which is talked about in Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're working on when Will Graham gets attacked. Yeah, and so uh in Red Dragon, and, is it th- and so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so they're like he's 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 a excellent profiler. He's probably one of the best profilers we got. Too bad he's crazy, and, and he's crazy because he can get into the mind of a crazy. Right, player. right. He's just crazy. And just the person and the problem with Crawford going there himself is he knows that Hannibal will get in his head. Well, also Crawford is his arch enemy. Craw- yeah. Crawford's the one who's yeah because they, they isn't Crawford the one at the end that he follows? No, no Chilton is it's Chilton. Chilton's the one that was over the prison. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah he's the psychiatrist. Okay, yeah, 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 he's okay. a psychiatrist. Yeah, because he got that nice deal, that fancy deal. So, so Chilton, mm-hmm. Chilton is that psychiatrist who failed upwards. Yeah. he's not a very good one, but he's landed a, like a cushy job in front of a in charge of a. And now he's got an even cushier job. Right, and so he's like, <laughs> he's like for now, for now, yeah. Um, you know, he's the, you know, he failed upwards, and so he thinks he's superior to Hannibal, and Hannibal's like. I'm, I'm way smarter. I've already yeah. figured you out. <laughs> I was just locked in a cage, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I figured out that kind of situation. The dude wore somebody else's face. <laughs> like, to escape, he literally <laughs> he wore, wore somebody else's face. That it, that, mm. yeah. Okay, can you imagine yourself in a place where you're like, I have to escape. The only way I can do it is to take somebody's face off of their face and put it on my face. And no one figuring it yeah, out. No because one. when they get close to figuring it out, he fakes the seizure. Yep. Which is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but, like, to be in a place where, I, I get it, he's like a serial, like, he has problems. But not only to have the thought, like, sure, you can have the thought, I could fake this person. But then to do the action and then put their face on your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, that would be hard to even pretend to do. Like, as an actor, that would be very difficult to wear something knowing it's imitating somebody's face. So, there are two points in the movie that, that mirror each other um, or allude to each other that I find fascinating. When Chilton is walking Clarice down to see Lecter, he's given her the rules. Mm-hmm. And he says, the reason why we have this rules is because once we remove the strains, he killed a nurse. And his blood, his, um, 
his pulse never got above 80, 85. Yeah. And then when we see him as escape, when he's beating the... You hear that. His yeah, when pulse they, is 80. No, he's not... Like he's, he's not, calm. He's yeah. calm. Yeah. He's beating a guy to death as physically calm as he has yeah. possibly be. His body's almost relaxed as he's easily beating the ever living well, shit out well, of him. Well, and then guy. we hear yeah. his pulse in the ambulance. Right, right. Yeah, you find out like yeah, he's 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 fine. He's post you know he's post yeah. this uh, seizure. He'll be you know we're getting getting there. Oh, it's crazy. Um, Brilliant escape. Well done, that, man. Best version of Chilton, though. That I yeah, he's still the best. Just, I, I like um, in Hannibal. I like him in Hannibal too. But um, he's more of a character in, ha- in Hannibal, the show. Yeah. But, um, well, that's because they got TV time. They, they got, got TV time. They, they got, got that. We can make a full. You know, I can't. Yeah, look up his name. I can't think of the guy's name because he. I liked him because he was in that uh, the musical version of Leap of Faith. I was oh, trying yeah. to see on Broadway that got. Um, uh, canceled before i um Aww. right before like i had tickets to go to uh, um new york to see it uh raul esparza yeah raul esparza who's he's great in it yeah um there's a there, this movie has a lot going for it i like i like jimmy uh, jonathan demi's choice of shots there's a lot of mm-hmm. close-ups like unnerving close-ups the to see inside who you are yeah the mm-hmm. um the shots were like when she's explaining the lambs story it's it's her in just full close up, right. and then it cuts to him and just it's not quite close up, but it's like it's like between a close up and a cowboy shot. It's just a and he's just menacing, it's, and then back to her. He's just mm. this type close close up. It's just fascinating work. Yeah. Also, um, uh, this will be in the trivia, but the, he shot her differently than he shot everyone else, so we could force the perspective around. Okay. And so well, we'll get into that when we get into the trivia. But I thought it was that was real neat too. Um, there's, I mean, we haven't t- touched on James Gum yet. The no, I mean, I was just Ted Levine about it. is so oh, Ted Levine's great in this. Just, just. Okay, listen. Sure. Speaking of him, I did not know. That when Jay and Silent Bob do that bit in Clerks, that it was from this movie. <laughs> right, right. Because that is a scene I have never yeah. watched. Right, right. So it came on, I was like, I uh, know good, this. The goodbye horses bit. Like, yeah. he was saying all the things. I was like, I know this. And then he bent down, me. I was like, is he talking to me? I'd fuck me. And then he, he leaned back, and I was like, this is Clerks. So right, yeah. And, you know, Derby Wife was like, well, that's where they got it from. And I was like, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. it's just. <laughs> this is one of the. And this is why I watch movies well, with you. This, this is why. <laughs> and it's interesting. Because you you mentioned that you've seen scenes from this movie before, it's interesting that this is not one because this is a very cultural osmosis scene that's been throughout. Well, th- but it is interesting seeing that perspective. Yeah, I mean, and and like the the movie got criticized at at its at its time uh, from from um, like our toy Bob. Well, from the trans community. Yeah, because because of, of their it did, showed them in a negative because right. it almost yeah because it almost right well because because you know. Uh, tr- trans people over the course of cinematic history have always been it's the trope of the crazy crossdresser or the mm-hmm. crazy man who wants to be a woman they're, but they're always crazy like they're always a serial killer or a criminal or something yeah. there's always something uh, something up with it and I think this movie while not perfect in that area makes it absolutely clear that regardless of what this guy is doing he is not a transsexual He's something else, and he's 
wrongly going at think, wrongly thinking that he's trying to be a he's trying to transform much like the tooth fairy ki- killer who the tooth fairy was trying to turn into a dragon he was trying to be this dragon almost this god being. right right Jane Gum hasn't figured out what he wants to to transform into he, he just likes the yeah. skin of the well, ladies but but I think I think that's his I don't think I think he, even if they never caught him he would still kill because he yeah it wouldn't make him happy because well Demi it, happiness yeah. is not for him becoming a woman it's him becoming something else and I don't think. I think logically for him, it's like, oh, I'm a guy. I feel weird in my. I should be yeah. a woman. I, I don't think it's like he's actually a transsexual. I think he's some. He's like trying to be something he's else. Just trying yeah. to find himself. I, right. Yeah. Because I did find some, himself. As I, a, he I, I leans did, over into this. Yeah. I did some reading because I was I was interested in that subject of how the how it was perceived and the perception. And Demi came out and was like, no, it's not that. It's He's a man who wants to change. Like you said, he doesn't know what he wants to change into, but he doesn't want to be what he is right now. So what's the furthest thing from being a man? And, 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 and the book, what you know and the book Thomas Harris's book does the same because, you know, the book came out 87, I want to say. So it came out, comes out 88. 88. So, it's so a, still, yeah. eight, eight years after Man, um, Red Dragon. Yeah. And uh, and mainly wrote because he was like he needed some cash, and so he wrote up another book. But um, and then the other ones are he makes he writes because the movie studios pressure him to do yeah. it. Um, this Although he also wrote the script for the worst of them. <laughs> um, Hannibal comes out, but he doesn't want to make Han- he doesn't want to write Hannibal. But the studio's like, we need to make a sequel to Science of the Lambs, and so he's like, fine. Uh, and they pay him a lot of money to write the book. Yeah. And he writes the book, but he writes it like in a way that it's unfilmable, like disgusting, and like they offer to Jonathan Demi, and Demi's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. This is terrible. I offer to jo- Jodie Foster to come back. Nope, <laughs> it's disgusting. We're not going to do it. And so, and so it, it it gets on hold for another two years until they find people. So Ridley Scott takes over. Um, Which also creates the timeline. It's a huge gap between right, movies, right? And then Julianne Moore comes in and plays Clarice in it, and so, yeah. But and then who is Julianne Moore is a f- wonderful actress. Yeah, because we were we were talking she about is, that. She is an, also an Oscar winning as- actress. She is not a Clarice starlet. <laughs> I don't feel like you can replace Clarice. You, it's hard to re- Jodie Foster, and they've and now officially. T- Tried twice. They tried twice with the, the Clarice TV show, which we found out is on Freebie. If you want to try to watch that, I watched the first couple episodes. I couldn't get into it, uh, mainly because um, she, you know, again, she's from West Virginia, and famously, I went to school in West Virginia. And there's at the end of the first episode, she's she gives a press conference where she's she says she's uh, grew up in the Kanawha County, West Virginia. Yep. And having lived in Kanawha County, it's not how you say Kanawha, <laughs> and like. And there was a poor Australian actress, and I was like, "This poor Australian actress should have did some research." <laughs> yeah. yeah, or at least somebody on the writing it's, team should have. Well, I feel bad. It's, it's like how I feel when I watch movies that happen in Mobile, and they're like, "It's Mobile, Alabama," and I'm like, "No Mo- one's called Mobile." Mobile. Yeah, yeah. It's like no I'm one calls from Mobile. it Mobile. Yeah, no, it's 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 Mobile. <laughs> mobile, <laughs> like a phone, uh, it drives me nuts. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I I think um, Ted Levine's amazing in this movie. As as I mean, he is. Frightful. Yep. In this, even like when he gets, when he does the Ted Bundy thing, when he when he with the van, with the van and the the couch was that's how Ted Bundy got one of his victims. Yeah. And so I think that's. Can you help me out here? Yeah. And it's like, can you be the one to get in the van? Can you get in the van? And I'm like, no. Catherine, don't get in the van. And I've seen this movie a lot. I'm always like, don't get in the van, baby. Like, don't get in the van. Like I feel like if somebody's. Like ask me to are help them, and they want me to get into their vehicle. Yeah. To, to, nope, I'm done. Are you no, about I'm, a size fourteen? 
I'm like, nope. What? It's like, no, you, you get in your vehicle. I'll help you from the outside if you really need help. <laughs> um, I I also want to talk about the storage unit. Oh, yeah. So when uh, so in the first the first meeting between Lecter and Clarice, it gets um, it's cordial at the beginning, and then she screws it up basically. Yeah. Because she just wants to, because she, she goes to the what she needs, right? And all she needs is this questionnaire, and which is not what she needs, and she doesn't know it. She's because she's bait. Whereas Hannibal knows what she needs, right? And he's just like, no, give, ask me what you need, not this. Right, right. She's and, like, no, that's and, that's what I need. And then he's like, and it's it's funny where like she's not even aware what she needs, and he's already figured her which out. Is, which like is he true knows most people. Most people don't know what they need, right? But he, but being the psychiatrist, he's like, oh, oh, this is all about Buffalo Bill. That's why he asks the questions. And then uh, he sends her on the way, fly, fly, little star- starling, fly, fly. And then, of course, multiple Megs does what he does. Yeah. Um, which was gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I cut my wrist. No, you're not. That's not. And then it pisses Hannibal off because one thing that we learned over the course of, like, everything is that um, he detests rudeness. And, like, you find out in Hannibal uh, that a lot of the victims that he killed was just because they were rude to him. Yeah. I mean, he's, he seems like a decent guy. But he, he just eats people. <laughs> also, he needs Weird. to restock the fridge, you know. Right. Problem. There's been, a, again, I'm only two to three yeah. episodes in. I don't know for sure how many. I can't remember. But every time he's eating, I'm like, that's a person. <laughs> Which is person. what you're supposed to feel. Fi- it's what you're supposed to feel. serving it to somebody and, else. Every time he's eating in that show, he's feeding somebody else. And the way that the cooking is shown in that show, like the way that we see the prep time really makes that show. Well, they get a, they hired a professional chef. Um, one of the celebrity chefs. I can't remember his name. He does he does the food on that show. Yeah. And like we And we see the process of it, right. which is what makes it. So much better. And like he goes to Graham's room and they're eating eggs and what looks like fingers, but it's sausage. Right. And you're like, that might be a finger. <laughs> it's so good about it, right? <laughs> apparently, I guess it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, I, so far with the show. So, um, I don't know if this is a spot you were going to ask it, but we had mentioned before the three Hannibals. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Talk about okay. It. Uh, because I've seen Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen. Han- or Silence of the Yeah, Silence of the Limbs, thank you. And then the show Hannibal. Uh, so my struggle with the show Hannibal is the person that plays uh, Lecter in that is the bad guy from Harry Potter. And I struggle oh, with Mads, that. Oh, Mads, yeah. Because yeah, he's already dead to me. Like, he showed up and I was like, villain right there. That's a bad guy. He's not good. And then it turns out to be Hannibal Lecter. And, of course, I already know right. who yeah. he is. Like, if you were someone if more naive than me in life, and you just watched the show Hannibal, not having had seen anything else, it would be really fascinating to watch their perspective. Sure, I to know if they can figure out. They that would he's also a bad guy. they would also have to avoid a lot of cultural osmosis because I think Hannibal the Cannibal is, as a like rhyme is just it's you'd, entered the. You find them though. Yeah, you can, find them. There. you can I find mean, them. We found you. Yeah, right. Exactly. You, you, uh, <laughs> I don't know for sure if I hadn't watched pieces of it in school that mm-hmm. I would be as aware of it. Right. Just yeah. because if if it's outside of your thoughts or your yeah maybe yeah your processing you don't realize or you don't connect it or you weren't around when the movies were popular and they call him Doctor Lecter yeah so they don't necessarily focus on Hannibal so much right um so it would just be really fascinating to get that sort of perspective I guess that's what you guys do to me but. Now I want to watch somebody else do it to see if see, they recognize yeah. the uncomfortable. Because th- there's something about him that's uncomfortable. And, and the cycle continues. Yeah. <laughs> but and we, but we, we know what it is. We should do it as a podcast. I'll produce it. Watch, yeah. it, watch you and someone else. 
that I'll be like, I'll I'll host this. Yeah, I'll watch. Let's watch the show together. And also, the show is interesting because it's a prequel, so you're getting like, like the yeah. No, I really love that part because you're getting to know him before. Because the first you know the other two aspects. seasons are a prequel, and then three is Red Dragon, I think. And the thing is about, I mean, in the show, Hannibal's likable. Yeah. You. Yeah, well, he's not well, unlikable. You you start to root for this friendship between Will and ha- and right. Lecter. And then it's gonna you Except for when he used the phone to to tip off the guy. Yeah. But you know it's gonna oh, fall apart though. Oh. And, yeah. and so it's like it, so is it it's a love hate. Yeah. And then of course if you're of course if you were Tumblr when the show was airing, not they only were you weren't yeah, you weren't just rooting they for shipped, friendship. <laughs> they just they shipped them. Like, Where are they gonna fuck? Because that's, that's what I wanted them to do. <laughs> I just don't know if Will Graham's capable of that. I mean, because Will Graham in the show is clearly on the spectrum. Well, also Brian Fuller as a sh- as a showrunner tends to be like he feeds like the the, the God love he feeds God the Tumblr audience, but he never fully like, goes God love through Brian with it. Fuller. <laughs> but um, but Graham well, is on the spectrum cl- sure. clearly on the yeah. spectrum, and like Hugh Dancy is so good. But Peterson's Will Graham's also yeah. can, be, but that was before the spectrum was like being yeah. discussed as a thing. Ed really. Norton's the only one that's like the odd one out. Yeah, in Ed, terms Ed, of that. Ed, I don't, I don't dislike Ed Norton's, but he's my least favorite of the three. If that makes sense. Yeah, and like, like, but as we learned in Manhunter, Peterson didn't want the role anyway, so he's just there for. I mean, he he's a good actor. He's going to do what he's, his job is. That's the Will Graham. Yeah, oh, that yeah, one and he's going to do his job, but. You clearly can tell he's like not comfortable on set. He was, anyway. he was checking the boxes, and so, but he's, but like, I don't think he wanted to be there, and you could see that yeah. in the perform- which makes the performance better, I think, because <laughs> um, he didn't want to be, be there. there and like so he got drugged from his home. While right. we're on the Will Graham of it all, oh, well, before we get, oh to the yeah, Will go Graham, ahead. I, I wanted to talk about the, we were yeah, talking about yeah, the three yeah, Hannibals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three Hannibals. So, um, in research of this, I was listening to another podcast, uh, one I love called Blank Check. Mm-hmm. And Blank Check, what they do is they take a specific director and they go through all of their films every episode of a specific. And the, so they did they did Jonathan Demme. And so Silence of the Lambs is one of his films. And so there's a great episode of Silence of the Lambs. And uh, their guest is um, uh, a trans woman. And so they were, that's where they really got the discussion oh, about the, the transsexual right. of it all and everything. But what got brought up it was the three Hannibals. And I found this fascinating. So you've got Brian Cox, Anthony... Uh, da- uh, Hopkins. I keep wanting to say Daniels. That's three C three PO, and uh, you get uh, Mads Mikkelsen. And in the books, at times he is described. Hannibal's described as a man, a monster, and a demon. And then they were like, "Well, Brian Cox is the man. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins is the monster. Mads Mikkelsen is the demon." And that's all I can see now. Yep. I, I cannot unsee that's in my brain now. And so, hmm. I mean, the demon is seductive. And yeah. like, like Anthony Hopkins Lecter is cordial, but you know that man will kill you. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, because they bring and up Nicholson will seduce yeah. you before he kills you. Well, because they bring up every time in the in. I mean, all three are dangerous, but it's like every time in Silence that they're talking about him, they're like, "Oh, he's a monster, right, right. And, and, and like incapable of but describing." But Manhunter, him. Brian Cox, is a man. Yeah. And he bases his performances on, performance on a serial killer who is also a man. And like Hopkins is literally leaning into the monster role of it. Yep. Like, even Anthony, his like rapping, like his bondage, right? An- appears. A- Anthony Hopkins is literally playing Dracula. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the performance. He's playing Dracula. Well, yeah, because there's that whole line of, "Is he a vampire?" Well, well not even that. <laughs> Which, but like, yeah. like when you when you see and the him, way he, uh, like when Clarice first sees him, he's just standing yeah. still. 
Like no. in the middle of his cell. Right. No oh, one does Monsters shit. do that. That's yeah. Monsters and then the next time, next time the lights are out right. and he's. So like I I can't un that I heard that Friday. That's what I was listening to during my infusion I talked about last week. Uh, I was listening to that for research and I was like I just could not get that out of my hand. That's hundred percent right. Like yeah. You know, he, you know, uh, Brian Cox was playing the serial killer that he researched. Anthony Hopkins decided he wanted to be Dracula and played Dracula. And it works. It just works. Yeah. And then, of course, it's funny that that podcast went over his library, Timmy's library, because right after is Philadelphia, which is like. Yeah, uh, another, another, yeah. <laughs> another classic. Another, cl- another classic. Gets Tom Hanks' his Oscar. Timmy's a, dr- a good, great director. He's, yeah. Uh, rest in peace. He died a few years back. Mm hmm. Are you about the Will Graham of it all? Yeah, the, so the Will Graham of it all. So I, I texted you when I was watching this morning because I, I was looking at little small bits. I, I'm, I'm looking for the little things since HBO Max. I can pause it and be like, oh, here's something, and it's high definition. I watched during the newspaper clippings, and I was pausing during that just to see if I could catch anything, which back then they – didn't do much like you don't get a lot well, of Easter back then eggs. there was not the, all yeah was VHS and you pause VHS it was it was distorted yeah. anyway so they did a lot of repeating yeah so that like I would catch because I was looking specifically to see if there was any hints of Will Graham even though I know there there wouldn't be because the copyrights of how these movies were made is an interesting story all of them, right. in itself along with how the shows are made uh, there's a reason why Clarice is not a thing in Hannibal shows. She Sorry. was supposed to be. She was going to be yeah. in the fourth season. Yeah, but they rights issues. I can explain the rights issue right now, actually. Yeah. So Dino De Laurentiis makes um, Manhunter. He's the producer of Manhunter. He's this Italian guy who buys a lot of – he's a rich Italian – he was a rich Italian guy who bought a bunch of stuff, and he financed it through – or um, through uh, I forgot what the company was. It was his and some other company. And Manhunter flops. You have to understand, Red Dragon was one of the biggest books in – History in literary history, it yeah. was one, like like we just discussed in the, the Manhunter episode, it was one of the first airport airplane airport novels. You know, you'd buy right. the airport and read it on. Everybody was reading it, and so that kind of sparked like John Grisham and Clancy. Um, what's the Nancy Clancy? Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about uh, um, the Hunt for October. Those those novels and stuff. Yeah, and uh, so so he's Tom I mean, Clancy. Tom Clancy, and he's. Um, so De Laurentiis, who's Italian, is like, you know, hey, it'll be a hit. It'll be a great hit, you know. And then uh, it bombs. That's because it, it's bomb. It bombs for many reasons. But it, yes, yeah, it bombs. And so he's like, uh, I'm no, I'm not. And so I'm not gonna make any more. And uh, Orion bought the the rights to do the book for five hundred thousand dollars from Thomas Harris, but they still had to get the the film rights from uh, De Laurentiis, who owned them because of. You know, Manhunter, and he just gave them to him. Okay. Because he's like, you not you don't make movie with Hannibal Lecter, you will not make any money. Well, whatever. So he just gave them to him for free, zero. Signs of Lamb becomes this huge hit. Oh god. And so suddenly, Dino De Laurentiis is back in in the yeah. in yeah. the Hannibal Lecter movie. You know, he's he's like, oh, we need to make others, and that he's Big the one. Sellers regret. Right, right. And so he's <laughs> like, because he still owns the rights, yeah. he gave them for the one movie, but he owns the rights to him. Yeah. And so he didn't like sell them permanently. He just like, hey, you can make this movie. Well, well, now he he owns the rights to Clarice and all this, and so he oh. and so he picks and chooses how well, the family does now since he's dead. Yeah. They pick and choose, but they made Hannibal and they. Made Red Dragon, and then made Hannibal Rising. I think Dino Dinoris dies after that. Yeah, 
or he dies right and before. And Hannibal Rising is the and only so one where do, Thomas actually wrote part r- of the script. And then Hannibal comes out, and Hannibal is a hit, and they were negotiating. The reason why Hannibal was hit, because Daniel Loretta's family does the, the, as well, is that it's it's basically it's made out of country, mm-hmm. and uh, CB- NBC airs it like on Friday nights in the summertime kind yep. of thing. And so, because it's, it's cheap for them to buy and produce, yep. and they're they're not producing it; they're basically just licensing it to show it. Okay. And so it's it's cheap for them to to make. And so but it but they were like we're done after th- we're not going to buy anymore in three seasons. So that's why it gets canceled. But the fourth season was always going to be about well, they had just got a deal where they could make put Clarice in it. They it didn't were, it mm. didn't help they weren't getting views because NBC was doing that thing that TV networks do. Yeah. I know because I was watching during that time and I was getting upset that they were doing it where they don't want to do season 4 so to m- drop their viewership and have an excuse to not air more they were changing the schedule of when the show would air yeah you could never find it and uh, i mean i I looked out and watched it on their website because this is you know they were just started doing streaming on their own website Mm. so i I caught it when it aired when it was on the website so or uh, it would come to hulu yeah and then of course they can have the excuse of well nobody's watching it's like yeah because you're moving it (laughs) right it's just there and they do it on purpose because it's a network network studios the whole thing are just they're evil um and so seriously there's worse worse things out there and we like we celebrate the movies but hate the studios <laughs> well yeah they're so. all awful pro writers let's so, go th- and so that's why and then clarice gets her own show which is terrible on cbs so they didn't let clarice go to season four but they gave her her own show they did but her but own. yeah yeah, yeah. The, and then that show came out a few and, years and later and then the show isn't even it's not an adaptation of silence because it's i'm after. assuming more rights issues probably somewhere because no, they're not yeah they're not doing it because they've got silence and they don't want to mess with it so they do uh it's a bridge between silence and um hannibal hannibal because Clarice's life in Handel sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like there's some shit that goes down we don't know about. Because there's a ten year gap. Like, yeah, there's the, and there's there's like there's stuff that's not written yet that that like. Talking about Hannibal the movie. Yeah, yes. Hannibal the movie and the book okay. and, and the, the book. book and so like and the I'm book. saying not the show. Not though. the right, show. Not the show. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Um, which is confusing. I forgot. There's they're all three yeah. called the same thing. Yeah. But so the 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 book movie. Yeah. Okay. There's you like the end of Sounds of the Lambs. Clarice graduates. And she's solved this. I mean, literally, she has solved this murder. Top of the world. Right. Top of the world. She right. she's killed the serial killer. She should have anything she wants, right? Oh, she God. could write her ticket. She was supposed to go work for Jack Crawford, and right, we don't right. know. If, we don't know if she does that or not. When we see her ten years later, she's running. She's she's in charge of a drug task force kind of thing. So it's not behavioral science, any, behavioral anything. And she's like a you know, and she's involved in a situation that goes very very poor that ruins her career. Oh, and which I mean, forces Han- which forces Hannibal out of retire, you know, out yeah. of hiding to to help her. Because he stuff. likes her. He's in love with her. Yeah. Aww. I mean, you know that at the end of Silence, he is very much. I mean, in his cage in Memphis, he, there's a picture where he's drawn of her. Yeah. He's in love with Clarice. I mean, just yeah. and it's way worse than in the eyes. right and way worse in the movie. So I would have loved to see Mads Mikkelsen's version of that of being in love with. Clarice. They would have been fun. They would be fun. Because Mads is Mads is especially after great. you know being in love with Will Graham. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you were but the internet, I, yeah. I I think this movie's great. I think there's not a bad performance in this. I I mean, uh, no. and I know we gotta get to the libation, but the, I just outside of Hopkins and um, Jodie Foster, who were brilliant in this, I think Scott Glenn's Jack Crawford's amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we didn't even get into the Scott Glenn. Of yeah, it. Scott Glenn's great. Uh, we. <laughs> We did off air, but <laughs> Scott Glenn is a great actor, and he's one of those guys. He's been around for a long time, but he's one of those guys who's like always like in a supporting role. He's always a mentor. He's too. a he, and he's a great character actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff, 
And so we were before you got here, we were looking up like how many awards that he's got. He at least had to be nominated for an, uh, best supporting actor or not. Have to be right, right? Have to because he's great in everything. He has one nomination total for what? And it's a Saturn Award, which is the genre awards, the high, sci-fi horror mm-hmm. fantasy yeah. awards. From nineteen, from two thousand fifteen, for the Daredevil, Daredevil show, for, for the Daredevil card, um, live the Netflix, Netflix show, sort, yeah. And I'm like, two thousand sixteen. That's I guess, a damn so, yeah. shame. Scott Glenn has been Poor in guy. amazing films, and he's an amazing actor, and someone should recognize that. So, <laughs> so uh, when we have an award, when I come up with a cult movie cantina award, very first one's going <laughs> you know, to you, Scott, buddy. Scott Glenn, you get your own it because you deserve it. You absolutely deserve it, buddy. So, but he's got Brooke Smith as Catherine Martin. Mm-hmm. The girl in the well. She's good. Oh, oh, she's good. just great. She's I, good. I believe she is fearing for her life. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's especially good. when like Clarice comes in and she's like, no, 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 don't go. You bitch. <laughs> Anthony Hill, Doctor Chilton. We a little bit. Yeah. Of, I mean, skeezy from the oh, moment. Yeah. You know, it's like I. You know, what are you doing? Whatever. whatever. <laughs> Baltimore can be a fun town. If you have the right guide. And she's just like, I ain't having time. And then they it. get all the way to the end. He's like, you could have told me that before you wasted my time. She's like, but, but then I wouldn't have had the pleasure of your company. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> just, oh, I mean, he's just, snivelly. just I like so him. skeezy. Oh, like it's him. great. He does a good job. He just says, <laughs> and he comes back for Red Dragon, but he doesn't come back for Hannibal. I don't, because I think no. So, so, uh, what happens officially to Doctor Chilton in the books? Is that he goes missing? Yeah, they never find him, and we can just well, assume. We assume he was going to dinner with yeah. an old friend, right? And that's what we can assume. We assume right. collector did away with him, but um, breakfast. The, the sh- no spoilers, but the show handles it a little differently. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so which uh, is all, like you said, <laughs> which is also good. good which is yeah. also good. It's very good. Uh, again, Ted Levine is James Gunn is just. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I loved it. It was a great movie. So I, I, I know we gotta get the libation. Yeah. There's so much about this movie I want to talk about. Um, cause I'm really, I really like this film and I, th- one of the, the, the neatest things in, in, is at, in the third act when Clarice is at the house that ends up being James Gunn's house and that, but we get, they also, we get to see what's going on with the FBI in Calumet city in yeah, Chicago. It's one of and those you, cool, you think they're going yeah, in the one house. He makes you think it's at one, one place. Yeah. The best part of that, cause, cause at this point, Catherine Martin has, has got, um, Buffalo Bill's dog, um, Precious, mm. in the well. Precious, <laughs> you don't hurt my dog. She's in a lot of pain, <laughs> Mister. <laughs> Needs to go to a vet. Don't, don't, don't you hurt my dog. Don't you make me hurt your dog. <laughs> God, this movie's great. So smart. But I love when like Clarice hits the 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 uh, the, the 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 doorbell mm. and it got the crazy doorbell downstairs. Yeah. So he's got to go upstairs to take take. To, to get the um, I'm coming, I'm coming. Right, right. He, he gets it and puts it on his pants like I'm coming, I'm. <laughs> it cracks me up every time I'm seeing this. So two things screw this movie up. Okay, let's do it. That that um like first of all, if he doesn't answer the door, no one finds out that he's there. Like he should have just not right, answered the door. Right, because Clarice is not expecting him. She's expecting Mrs. Lipman. Mm-hmm. Right. Two, if he doesn't ca- kidnap Catherine Morton Martin, no one knows about him because he just ha- accidentally happens to cap- uh, kidnap a senator's daughter. Right, somebody of higher standing. Right, which I think is like, which is where for me I found the ticking, I, f- I found the ticking clock a little bit more 
sure, sure. tight than, say, Manhunter. Right. Whereas right. Manhunter's clock is, oh, some random person's going to die when well, the... the clocks are different because we know... We know yeah. We're told in Silence of the Lambs that Buffalo Bill comes and kidnaps someone, starves them for a week, yeah. and then, or keeps them for a week, yeah. and then kills them. Yeah. And Manhunter, the Tooth Fairy... Has a month. Has a month. He's on he's on a lunar cycle. So when they meet Red, Red Graham, uh, Will Graham, they get they have three weeks. Yeah, and so it's a little slower in that. Yeah, so yeah right. absolutely, absolutely. Do you think that he often gets people at the door, and it would be weirder if he like? Do you think he probably felt like it would be? No, I think he's just trying to be a normal guy. Yeah. Like, oh, I like, get the door. Oh, yeah, no, like human beings get the door. Normal stuff. Yeah, 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 human beings get the door, and so. Um, Draw no attention. I also like also like how she holds her FBI badge up. And Quickly puts it down. Yeah, you don't. You never I'm, see it. Well, because I mentioned while we were watching the clip, I was like, because there's that scene where Hannibal says that, oh, it expires in what a month or a whatever? week, a week, it's yeah, a nice. week. And so I bet honestly, it's probably expired. I think, I think she's now self-conscious about that. And he it, pointed out, of, yeah, yeah, and so right. she shows I just, it. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. It's like showing a permit. Versus a driver's license, license. Yeah. right? Right. You just do it quickly. You're well, like, in my it's day, a real license. Don't well, mind. in my day, they all looked the same. Yep. They were. You'd had to do that because nowadays uh, licenses, like if you're, if if I think it's still right, they're they're oriented different. If you're, if you're under twenty one, under twenty one, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. oriented different. So like, but in terms of a permit or a depending on state, right. depending on state, right? For, for, Alabama, for, yeah, Alabama. for Alabama. And so I it's just okay. I I gotta yeah. talk about this movie. Yeah. 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 I got, we got a show to go yeah. to. All right, all right. Time. What's our libation? <laughs> oh, you would like to know what our libation is? I am just. Yeah. I want to talk about this movie more, but well, I, I, yeah. I, again, addictions. It's just <laughs> such a good movie. God, it's, it's no lie. It, look, I I had. I think a reason why I'm excited about this. I've always liked this movie. I forgot how much I enjoyed this movie, and it's been real fun for me to bring this one to the. Did you bring Chianti? <laughs> <laughs> minute that our lady of libations was not coming yeah she's um, under the weather yeah and when that happens i just try to do what i can so no fava beans with it hold on no. yeah you want to take talk of this yeah i want to choose it we, we got tiktoks too so just you just you just do your thing I'm yeah <laughs> straight uh from a corkscrew purchase in perry <laughs> perry makes it uh, taste better right <laughs> Where'd you go to Paris? <laughs> uh, Josh's parents did when we were married, and they brought it back. Oh, so you've had it for that long? Yeah. Wow. It stays in my lunchbox. And of course, it's going to give me a hard time now that I'm being filmed. So basically, you got the candy and the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Josh drinks a lot of wine, so. Uh, I think he drinks more than you would, than you would know. Probably not. Well, he always drinks beer and like liquor when I'm hanging out with him. Which has been a minute. I haven't seen you. I need to go over there. All right. Caleb. Yes. Would you like some Yes yes, please. Oh, it looks like blood. I just don't want any liver. Or father beans. Yeah. No, I'm on medication. I can't drink. For those who were asking why, why no, Scotty never drinks. Medicated. All right. 
I'm very grateful that the thing we were doing had such geometry, so I'd like to see it in his experience. <laughs> there we go. Get a good shot of it. Uh, I thought uh, I brought some in last time. We may use them the when she spilled things. I know what thought I brought some in to keep her. I forgot to uh, get some when I got, I got water. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I got some for that way. Next time we spill something for good to go. Hello, I'm back. Yep. Yep. I haven't had wine in so long. Is that keto friendly? Uh, it is. I searched that at the store before I purchased <laughs> it. So I was like, if it's not, then we can't, like, Caleb can't. would be drinking it. I mean. Caleb would be drinking all of the Chianti. Yeah, I, I'd take it home. <laughs> <sighs> How is it? Oh, I love wine. It's Caleb. delicious. I like wine, too. Mm. To describe it for me, because I. It, it tastes almost like it would go well with a good helping of. Mm, the sweet wine, a dry wine. It's Lamb steaks, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe a little liver on the sides, but definitely some beans. <laughs> Smells like it needs beans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a dryer. Yeah. Red. Yes. Cool. So you enjoy a nice canty the next time you watch Signs of the Lambs. Get you a canty. Yeah. I have some apocrypha because, of course, I have a lot of because you know this movie went through a lot of hands beforehand. Let's do it. So Gene Hackman brought the rights to the novel first. Uh, he planned to direct this movie and play either Dr. Hannibal Lecter himself or Jack Crawford. He withdrew after watching a clip of himself in Mississippi Burning at the 61st Annual Academy Awards, which made him uneasy about taking on violent roles. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, so, and Hagman's a great actor. He's yeah. a multiple Oscar winner, and uh, he would have been, I think he would have been fantastic as Jack Crawford. I don't see him as Hannibal Lecter. It's hard to see other people as Hannibal Lecter besides the three that we've got. There were plenty of options, though. Uh, but uh, after Jodie Foster read this for the first time, uh, she tried to buy the rights herself, only to find out that Jeannie Hatman had beat her to it. <laughs> wow. Uh, when Ted Talley was writing the screenplay for the movie, he suggested Jodie Foster for the role of Clary Starling. Foster had been lobbying hard for the part, but Demi, Jonathan Demi uh, was hired to direct, and he wanted Michelle Pfeiffer instead. Uh, Pfeiffer turned it down because Orion Picture wasn't was willing. Was it because of fava beans? No, Pfeiffer turned it down because Orion wasn't uh, willing to pay the $2 million in which she asked. How dare he? Also, she was nervous about the subject matter. Uh, she, well, they, every, oh, you'll find out in all of this, they were all nervous about the subject matter. Yeah. I feel like that's good. If they weren't nervous about the subject matter, I would be concerned. Uh uh, Demi then agreed to meet with Foster. He hired her only after one meeting because he s said he could see her strength and determination for the part. He felt that she was perfect for Clarice, and he was right. She really was. She uh, did such a good job. But Demi, Demi also looked at 300 other applicants for the role. Uh, we've mentioned M Michelle Pfeiffer. Meg Ryan also turned down the role because of disturbing matter. Uh, Brooke Smith, who played Catherine Martin, also auditioned, and that's how she got Catherine Martin. And Nicole Kidman also read for the part. I'd be weird. I think Jodie Foster's perfect. Yep. I think Michelle Pfeiffer would have knocked it out of the park. Um, the um, not sure about Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan would have been fine, but it would have no. been. A they also a, looked at Laura Dern, no. but the studio wasn't so sure about her. Yeah, yeah. Meg Ryan will look too ditzy. Well, Laura Dern hadn't done anything, and so like much, and they were like, "Who?" And yeah. they wanted a bigger star. 
uh, Jodie Foster had been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. She had also had won an Oscar I mean, four years earlier. So they were like, oh, we have an Oscar-winning I mean, actress for this. Got a child mental. star. I mean, she's right. been around. She had been around a lot. What did she win the Oscar for before that? Uh, the Accused yeah. uh, in 88. 88. So. Okay. Uh, for supporting, right? Or uh, actress. It's one of the two. two. Uh, I can look. So... The list of people to play Hannibal Lecter is yeah, long. Yeah, it's long. It's <laughs> so it's 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 a lot of the same people you normally uh, John Hurt, Chris, uh, Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future, Duck Brown yeah. as Hannibal uh, Lecter. No. Dem- Demi's first choice is interesting. Yeah, we, we'll get to that because I'm really really uh, <laughs> I want to talk about that. Forrest Whitaker was looked at. Uh, Forrest Whitaker was uh, Dustin Hoffman's Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. Lou Gossett Jr., who had also won an Oscar. Uh, Robert Duvall, Jack Nicholson, De Niro, oh, uh, and uh, Jeremy Irons was asked, but he had just played uh, Klaus von Bülow in Reversals of Fortune. He won the Oscar for that, and didn't want to play another dark character. Uh, Did they uh, just make a list of everybody they knew? <laughs> the, but a lot of studios do that, and they yeah. go ask out who yeah. wants to do it. They'll who like like they'll go. All right, here we want to make a movie. This character fits this description. It's easier to cast the wide net. Well, why? Well, well, this is and this is what we can afford, and right. so they cast everyone. You get they, your first qualifier, and, and then they get their and then they knock everyone else until they get someone they need, uh, which was interesting for um, Anthony uh, Hopkins, who wasn't a known name. Mm-hmm. He's he's a British theater actor mostly, much like Brian Cox is, and uh, he had done a couple of films, uh, the, the biggest being The Elephant Man. Yeah, in the early '80s, and um, so when he gets offered, but it it changes his career completely. He wins the Oscar, and then he goes off to be Anthony Hopkins. He goes and does you know Dracula, The Remains of the Day, Nixon. He goes on and builds all these all these yeah. all these films and builds his career off that. I think the same thing would have happened if Michelle Pfeiffer got it, because Jodie Foster her career also blossoms, but she also. She also wants to direct, so she works in yep. like Little Man Tate is the first movie she directs, but she makes it as a deal part of her Orion deal. If she'll do, she'll do this movie that she's been dying to do. But she's also like, "But if I do it, you'll let me direct a movie." And they're like, "Whatever." And okay, so, so yeah. it works out that way. I mean, it worked out for Anthony because of Elephant Man. Uh, the the man that uh, Jonathan Demi wanted the most was Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I'm. I could. I don't hate. I could see it. I don't hate it. I enjoy people with Chianti (laughs) and Fava. It's a different role. It's a different. It it, it wouldn't be Dracula. No. Tell me about the lamb. He'd be. He'd he'd play it more refined. Um, Blank check pointed this out too, and I have to agree. It would be how he would be in Finding Forrester. Okay. Yeah. And so it'd be like it'd be a scarier Finding Forrester. I was like, okay, I could see that. So I'm. I'd be curious about that. But yeah, Sean Connery. So. uh, this is a call honestly up. a lot of those options I I could potentially see. Forrest Whitaker would be an interesting take. I would have I would love to see that. Um, yeah, it, Modern, I mean, at least today's Forrest Whitaker. I'm not. sure I think about all of them. I mean, De Niro couldn't do it. Yeah, Robert Duvall couldn't do it. Jack Nicholson couldn't do it. Nicholson's a fine actor, but he. I mean, yeah, he, we've seen the Joker, and that's it's, the closest thing he's yeah. gonna get to. I it. mean, and Nicholson tends to play um, Nicholson. John Hurt would have been interesting. I don't think Chris Lloyd could have pulled it off. Maybe. Hoffman, Hoffman is too Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I don't see Patrick Stewart being in that. Yeah, uh, like Captain it's, Picard can't be a bad no, guy. No, no, no. I don't know. Louis Gossett Jr. probably could because he was scary in oh, um, yeah. Officer and Gentleman. He's really good. 
So I'm not sure. Uh, Michael Keaton, Mickey Rourke, and Sir Kenneth Branagh were all considered for the role of Jack Crawford. Ed like Michael ha- Keaton in general. Oh, he's I like great. Keaton. I saw The Flash, and he's really good in that. Uh, Ed Harris turned down the role of Jack Crawford because he wasn't. He didn't find the role interesting. He wanted to play the Hannibal Lecter. Oh, sorry, Ed. Yeah. Uh, Paul Verhoeven. We've done a Paul Verhoeven film. Uh, he directed Starship Troopers. Of course he did. Uh, uh, was offered the project first, and he declined because he thought there wouldn't be an audience for such a dark movie. <laughs> I love Jokes how on you. and the decision when he later regretted. Uh, Demi signed on after reading the novel. Uh, the film was brief, briefly considered for a direct video release because, to, again, studio executives felt that the film's subject matter yeah, was too distasteful to market to mass audiences. Well, I'm also sure that they were probably scared of it flopping like Manhunter. So do you know when it was released? I think I told you, but... Uh, no. no. Think the I end of the year? Uh, so, well, no, in the year... So the, their movie schedules are weird, right. but they're purposeful. So, like, you release your movies at the end of the year because those are the movies you hope to get... Oscar nominations. Yep. Your Oscar movies come out in the middle. Oh, you, I know when this was. Uh, so cause it's um, it, it goes to where g- movies go to right, die. Right, right. So it's one of the two months that movie goes to die. One, Summer. Uh, no. August is one time yeah, where yeah. they go to die. You, if a movie coming out in August, they don't have faith in it. Yeah. If a movie comes out in February, they have no faith in it. This movie came out Valentine's Day weekend. The studio had no faith in this yeah. movie. Yeah. N- Release it during the love week. Nowadays, exactly. <laughs> nowadays it's January and February kind of that are the dead months but like less so wow. than it used to be yeah so i thought that was just valentine's it. weekend huh valentine's day weekend you want to go on a romantic <laughs> evening Canaries? Uh, my cousin who i mentioned last week who got the gym dolls she saw it on our one of her first dates in high school <laughs> what a are they still together i mean today? no, no because not. that would be the best ending to this no story. not at all but she told me, right, because, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but she was like, oh, me and so-so went and saw that. Because I've been dying to see it, and I couldn't drive yet. Mm-hmm. And so, and my parents, jerk. I had to wait to come on video, so I couldn't see it. Yeah, she was well, kind of I waited until three days ago. <laughs> right, so but I'm glad you, you watched it. you kind of waited a lot longer. Yeah. So, uh, to the grapevine, uh, all our fun trivia. To uh, the grapevine. Jodie Foster claims that during her first meeting with Dr. Hannibal Lecter and Claire Reese Starling, Anthony Hopkins uh, mocking her southern accent was improvised on spot. Foster's horrified reaction is genuine, and she, and she felt personally attacked. <laughs> she later thanked him for generating such an honest reaction. <laughs> um, after Lecter was moved from Baltimore, the plan was to dress him in yellow or orange jumpsuit. He is in a yellow or uh, orange jumpsuit when he's on the um, he's in the uh, straitjacket. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins convinced director Demi to uh, and costume designer Colin Atwood. Uh, that the character would seem more clinical and unsettling if he was dressed in pure white. He got this idea because he has a fear of dentists. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair. We've talked about this before in another podcast, uh, earlier podcast, uh, early season at least. At 24 minutes and 52 seconds of screen time, Anthony Hopkins' performance is the second shortest to win an uh, Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role befi- behind David Niven in uh, Separate Tables, who is at 23.39 minutes. In the term of percentage of runtime, Hop- Hopkins is the shortest as he only appears in 21% of the film. Yeah, he just has such a large presence that it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Well, and again, like this film, it's part of what makes it so fascinating is it feels like you're supposed to be paying attention to this. I forgot it. Billy Bob. Uh, the Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. But it, he's only the supporting bad guy. Like, the real bad guy is Anthony Hopkins. But it's 
but also I don't know. It's just done in a way where it's so fascinating because you're like, so who is the main focus of this? I but really, it's Clarice. So I, yeah, I, and I'm I, a, I, I would disagree that Buffalo is the secondary antagonist. He's the he's still the prime like thing to take down. I, I'm also in the minority of this either. I I don't think Anthony Hopkins' performance is um, is uh, a best actor qualifier. I don't think he qualifies. No, I I, I, I think uh, he is a best supporting actor. Uh, actor, he's supporting Clarice in yep. this. Right, and she got supporting, didn't no, she? No, she got act- best actors. Okay. They, both, they won both best a- best yeah. actor. My point is, while he is a, I, I I think I think this movie lacks a a a primary male actor. Oh yeah, yeah. It has a bunch of supporting male actors. Yeah, because none of them. Are but there's not a primary one. Because Jack isn't there very long. Yeah, no, it's, it's and and just and but but it's not just their length; it's just their roles. Yeah, Lecter's supporting her in her quest to find. Mm-hmm. She's the one who gets her on the quest, and so uh, I, I'm not mm-hmm. diminishing his performance. I no, think no, his no. performance is brilliant. It's just I think it was more of a a smart move on the the. Uh, Studio to, to put him up for the Academy. He's kind of the, the award. Anyway. He's kind of the besides the Oscars are fake anyway. But yeah. just he's <laughs> kind of the antithesis to Jack in this film because Jack is the good mentor leading her down right. the, the path. Right, and then he's the dark mentor. But here's the question: about it. is he? I mean, is he? Is he the good mentor versus bad? Like, Jack sends her in with yeah, deception with a lie. Yeah, with a lie. I feel like ha- Hannibal is actually leading. Like, I feel like that's a good supporting person yeah. for her right because he actually helps her process in a weird creepy way process I, something deep the reason i think a dark mentor for him is because of like his motives right. for doing it well, not, oh, not not sure not the actual actions themselves right. but you know what actually i'm gonna walk that back because i feel just from what i've seen of him in this so far and then the show mm-hmm. um without having had read the books mind you that he genuinely enjoys the puzzle of a person. So while I don't think that he's necessarily, I believe that he's truly trying to help. I her. think that's the psychologist of him. He just he just he can't help himself, and it's not necessarily maybe to benefit her as it is to benefit him. Maybe it's just a puzzle he wants to solve. But I don't think that it's a, a like a leading her astray or anything. I think he truly is like the things yeah. he says really do help her. So I think it was not in a malicious way, if you will. Hmm. It just was conversations that he can't he can't turn it off. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the production received full cooperation from the FBI. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, they helped them. Th- they, they filmed in Quantico and the whole thing. As they saw it was a potential recruiting tool yeah. to hire more female agents. I was about to say. Hell, I wouldn't be I a female about, ag- I a FBI say, agent when I watched this. Yeah, I was about to say, if you see cops or military or anything like that on screen, it's because it's a recruitment ad. Yeah. <laughs> so, James Gunn um, um, lives in Belvedere, Ohio. Uh, same place that Ted Levine grew up, and so they shot it in Belvedere. They shot in Ohio, and during location scouting for the house um, that James Gunn lives in, um, um, the what's the lady's name, Mrs. Oh. Lippman's house, the yeah. Lippman's house. Uh, he was amazed to discover that the house was being considered was not only in the town he grew up in, but literally next door to a, his high school girlfriend's house. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> So much better. Reach out to them. Yeah. Be like, how you doing? I'm doing this really creepy <laughs> horror film right next, next door, door to you. where you grew up. Uh, Anthony Hopkins inv- improvised the flash slurping sound that Hannibal Lecter does. He did it spontaneously during filming, and everyone thought it was great, except Jonathan Demme, because he was annoyed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he denies it. He now denies it, yeah. that he was annoyed, because it's iconic. Yeah. It's iconic. You can't, you can't go against the iconic stuff, otherwise right. you're... <laughs> Sometimes you're wrong, uh, Jonathan. Sometimes you're wrong. James Gunn's dance that... Uh, uh, Justine calls the the J dance. 
was not included in the original draft of the screenplay, although it appears in the novel. It was added at the insistence of Ted Levine, who thought it was a scene for essentially defining the character. And he's right. I think so, too. We didn't talk about this stuff at all, but uh, because there's so much to talk about this movie. Um, the moth cocoon found in the victim's throat. Oh, yeah. That whole scene's great. Uh, was made of a combination of Tootsie Rolls and gummy bears. Oh, so in really? case it, So in case it was, uh, if they swallowed, she could swallow it, it was edible. It would ta- yeah, it would taste good. Well, that was nice. So the idea to use glass in Lecter's Baltimore cell as opposed to traditional bars came from the production designer, uh, Christy Z. The idea came about uh, because director, uh, Jonathan Demme was unhappy shooting the Lecter scenes through the bars. He felt it, the, it negated the sense of intimacy between Lecter and Starling, which he was trying to achieve. Uh, and so in Thomas Harrison's novel, Lecter's cells did have bars, but they also have nylon net behind them. In Manhunter, there's plexiglass mm. behind the bars, so or in front of the bars. So, uh, all right. So, I love this. So, there's a great scene where we find out like Claire Reese's whole reason to try to solve the Buffalo Bill murders is that because she feels this guilt from having to save a lamb that she couldn't save. Mm-hmm. Right. So she thinks that if she saves Catherine Martin. She will get those lamps to shut the fuck up <laughs> in her brain. Right. And she can just save one. Yep. Uh, we find out later in other st- uh, Starling stories, no, there's always going to be more lands for her to try always to stop screaming. That's another yeah. thing. Always so there's save. that great scene where she's in close up in Memphis and they're they're talking. And so when Clarice visits Dr. Panel, Lecter in the new facility, Lecter insists she continues telling a story about the childhood as part of the agreement. Clarice reluctantly continues a story about uh, about running away. Midway through the confession, she mentions taking lambs with her. If you listen closely, she says, I thought if I could only save just one. A distant sound of something being dropped can be heard in the background. I went back and verified this. You can hear it. Uh, and I never noticed it until it was pointed out, So, which is great. I love those sound of things. And now we'll never be able to unhear it. But a crewman dropped a wrench during filming, and Jonathan Demi panicked, thinking it would ruin the scene completely. However... Jodie Foster remained in character and continued the story, ultimately convincing Demi to keep the footage. After cut was said, Foster turned to the head of the crew and yelled, What the hell was that? <laughs> so now you got to go back and watch and listen. But it's very faint in the background, but you hear something drop. Um, could literally hear a needle been, drop. I would have been pissed. Like from back... Yeah. Being the producer backstage, I, I would have been the one that was like, What the hell was that? Yeah. So Did you hear Quiet on set? So how do they get Brooke Smith in the whale? Oh. Uh, <laughs> was there a ladder? So she climbed down? I, I feel like they, from I that face it's a no. I think they used no, I'm asking. Is that your answer? You think I, she climbed I, down? I mean. He, she says she climbs down. How'd you? Are you talking about like logistically like, filming uh, yeah, it? Yeah, filming yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. How, it, how, how no, not Catherine Martin, the, the actress, Brooke Smith. How they get her in the well? I think they use a pulley system. Pulley system and a ladder? Yeah. Trap door. She goes, climbs up to the bottom, and they covered it with dirt. <laughs> That's smarter. That's, it's smart. I don't think it doesn't it, – it, because it's not as deep as you think it is. Yeah, no. Because, I mean, yeah. for filming, you can use a lens to make it deeper. Yeah. Uh, they covered the whole the, the, the uh, trap door with dirt. Uh, Brooke Smith gained 25 pounds to play Catherine Martin. Well, yeah, become yep. a size fourteen. To become, are you a yep. size four? Or, or, or wait, is she a big fat person? 
Oh, which sorry, once what? again, is she a big fat person? Like, like once again, was I was girl, discussing sorry. this. I'm like, she's not that. If she's not, no, she's like Hollywood fat, but she's great. She's like, yeah. she, she like, looks wonderful. Yes, sir. She was a big. She was a big girl. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this before. Daniel Dillaretis. Uh, produced Manhunter, passed yeah. on this movie because Manhunter flopped. He gave the rights away to Ryan for free and then went to co- co-produce Hannibal and Red Dragon because um, he's back in the the Hannibal business. Yeah. He was like, oh, it makes money? Uh, <laughs> the tobacco hornworm moth was used to be the death's head moth and was given celebrity treatment. They were flown first class in a special carrier. They had their own living quarters, roomed c- with controlled humidity and heat, and were dressed in uh, carefully... And carefully designed costumes, body Aww. shields, uh, being, bearing paint and crossbones. So I, I want to know who this is a. How do you get a position as bug dresser? <laughs> how how hard is it to dress a bug? What a lovely life that moth had, though. Right, and then the, you like, would have to reach out to probably people who handle bugs and be like, "We need someone to dress our bug." Yeah, right. Like, how do we how do we do this in a way that's not going to? That's not a position I ever thought you would. Be like, yeah. oh, we need a drug b- dresser for this one. Listen. I, I, at this point, anything's possible. Yeah. At 29, Jodie Foster became the second youngest person to win a, two Academy Awards. Uh, behind uh, yep. Louis Rayner, she won twice for best, uh, both Best Actress uh, performance giving in. Uh, her first one was at the age of 24 for The Accused, and then of course this one, she was 29 when she won for uh, Silence of the Lambs. Huh. Uh, I, she looks like she's older in her late 20s, but she's like she filmed it when she's like she she started 26, turned 27, making this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie has a couple of cameos of other famous people. Uh, David Lynch, who is a famous director, he's the guy shouting uh, for Cindy to t- get in the ring for Starling when s- when they pull her out to go look at the first Buffalo Bill victim when she's training. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Lynch happened to be on set today, and Jonathan Demi was like, "You want to say this line?" And he's off camera when he does it. George A. Romero, who uh, created the 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 modern zombie genre, Night of the Living Dead, and all that stuff. He's one of the um, the guys pulling Clarice off uh, in Memphis after she's given her lamb speech. Uh, Roger Corman, also a famous director, Oscar winner. Uh, Oscar winner. Uh, uh, he's made like a hundred movies, including creating the original Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he's the head of the FBI that is like, did you did you make an offer with Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> And like Crawford's like, yeah, I did it. And he's like, yeah, well, the center's pissed. He's that guy. And then Chris Isaac, the musician, he's one of the um, s- the uh, SWAT team guys for this. Um, I have two clips I want to show you. Okay. So <clears throat> one of the things I'm fascinated about this movie, I, and next week we're going to get a lot in this because next week I want to talk about the deleted scenes because, spoiler alert, there are so many deleted scenes, and if they were all included in the movie, it literally would be a different movie, a different movie with a different tone and a different story. Weird. Yeah, and I can't wait to share some of this stuff with you because I want to. Do you have a copy of it with the deleted scenes in it? Yeah. Well, no, I don't have it with it, but I have all the deleted scenes. Like it'd be cool to watch it all together. Uh, it's weird to put it. It'd be hard to put it together. Yeah. I think. But you could, better. you could. You could try. Potential editor, yeah, an editor could, probably could. could but. You mean you could? I mean, yeah. Um. So after Lecter ki- talks Migs into killing himself, he is being punished. If you remember. Right. Yeah, because they take his paintings. Yeah, they take his paintings. Yeah, he's in trouble. Where he's in trouble. For being bad. But one of the things that they do is they put a gospel program in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has to watch. Yeah, he's he has to. And it's and only turned down uh, for their meeting. Right, right. And you don't really see it. 
and it's it's just in the background for just a, a second. Um, Jonathan Demme had a friend come in and make the gospel program. <laughs> like it's an actual thing they made. They, this That's is, cool. and so I've got a little bit. I've got I've got. It's a seven minute clip. We're not going to go through the whole seven minutes, but I just want to show. And I'll I'll put a link in it so you can watch it. But I wanted to share some of it with you. So I thought this was fascinating. Proud to be with you today. <laughs> good to see you today to the sick, the shut-in, the can't-get-arounds. Very good. The arthritis done got hold of you. Arthritis done I want to bring a me. little bit of the book into your living room today and proud to see you. Jesus said that life is brief, death is sure, and that the every man someday is going to have to walk down through the valley, dutta shadow, dutta death, and we've got to ask ourselves before he walks, He's going to have to be right here on earth with the rest of us. So this guy, I don't have his name. Um, he's like a theater actor, and this is 100% improvised. They were just like, be a preacher, and he did it. And and they made it, and they and, and like they don't even show it. You don't see it. And so it's just, it's. I like that it says, free us. Yeah, yeah Demi just shot it. But you can watch it all. I'll also I'll, I'll put a link in, in the notes so you can see it, and I'll share it on the Facebook page because it's crazy. But I thought it was fun. That is fun. Thank you for sharing. So um, we've done this uh, before with Quick and the Dead, and I, I mentioned uh, any time that I could find a Siskel and Ebert episode that covers one of the movies we do, I would share it because we talked about. I'm fascinated by these two guys. These guys were so important to me growing up. And so I just want to share this with other people. So I have the actual review for Signs of the Lambs. Okay. As, we, as we know, it, there's two guys, and they they, mm -hmm. they review the movie, and they either give it thumbs up or thumbs down. So before we watch the review, mm -hmm. I want to know um, what I'm, do you— I'm going to so, say thumbs so, up. So Siskel is the skinny guy, well, was the heavier guy. So you think they both give him a thumbs I up? I think they both give thumbs Bo up. Both thumbs up. With my brief knowledge of them. Mm -hmm. Kayla, what do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be split. Because um, I feel like... I forget. I think Siskel's not going to like it. So Ebert likes it, Siskel, thumbs down. Yeah. All right, here we go. Where a young woman is held captive and terrorized in a well. The horrors of female abuse are... Too much with us, I think, now to be trifled with anymore in the movies. We had this complaint about uh, the picture involving Julia Roberts. I have it again here. I didn't learn a thing about serial killers from this movie. A much more honest, less exploitive film on the same subject was last year's Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. By contrast, The Silence of the Lambs is a star-studded freak show directed by the usually enormously talented Jonathan Demme, who I think for the first time in his career has picked a surprisingly trashy project. Well, this is a tough film to review because, of course, in terms of its subject matter, one can easily target it as you have. And also, I think that the ending doesn't really work. Once she gets into the house of Buffalo Bill, it does become a standard who's behind this door, who's going to jump on me from the shadows. The first part of this film, though, Gene, is terrifically effective, partially because of the real tension, the dynamic 
interaction between Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. It's one of the most peculiar and fascinating relationships I've seen in a movie in a long time. Hopkins is very good here. Foster is very good here. The dialogue is at a very high level of intelligence, and the movie works not perhaps in the same way as Henry Porter, the serial killer, but effectively. And I think that you're really shortchanging a lot of skill no, no. and craft and art that went into this no, film. No. You know, sometimes you say, I think you blew it on this one. I think, I think you're being too easy on this picture in, in this way. <laughs> he is presented, uh, the Anthony Hopkins character, is presented as this big evil thing, and we're going, our, going down there to see them, a, a journey into hell and all that. And frankly, he was so pumped up, and the music was so pumped up at such a high level it that I... It worked for me. It <laughs> worked. Well, then you're easy, because, I, because for me, I thought, oh, come on. Uh, a guy who's truly frightening doesn't need, uh, you know, a, a huge organ playing in the background. I, I didn't buy it at Gee, all. This is the movies. What did you want? A documentary? Black and white? You know television? Shoot it on no, video? No, the thing? reason why Henry the Portrait of a Serial, serial Killer works is because these people, my intuition, I don't have any first-hand knowledge, these people tend to be kind of dull. Well, they're two different kinds of movies, and you're using one to criticize the other. Yes, we always do that, Roger. Well, we why, say better picture than the same picture. Why can't you criticize this on its own terms instead of saying I'm what I'm criticizing it is. on its own terms. I didn't, uh, wasn't compelled by anybody except, I suppose, the Jodie Foster character as a strong woman. Come on, a great performance. Not a great performance, a decent performance. She's Anthony following... Hopkins. No, great. I thought that was way overplayed. The... I don't like him. <laughs> So, so Caleb's right. Siskel doesn't like the movie. Ebert does. Um, well, for Siskel's a th dick. This, this one's kind of famous uh, because Ebert, for years afterwards, until Siskel's death, would hound him about how wrong he was about Signs of Lambs. Because, as we know, it goes on and wins lots of things. All, yeah. all the awards. Like he says, Jodie Foster's performance was okay. Yeah. It wins Best Actress, and then he discounts as Anthony Hopkins at the end of that uh, interview the review at all. He's famously like. Hates this movie. Yeah. And that was terrible. And, 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 and so I got curious. And while Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is fondly remembered. It's it's, a, and a good movie. It's just, it does, nobody, like if I were to bring that film up versus Silence of the Lambs, one of those is going to get discussed right, right, more. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Most people have seen, have seen Silence of the Lambs. So I, I, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, it's awards. It won, like I said, it won. Best actor, best actress, director, and screenplay, and best picture. It's only uh, one of three movies to have done so. Uh, it also was selected by the Library of Congress for its uh, his cultural and historically mm -hmm. preservation si significance. So yeah. Cisco was very, very wrong. <laughs> you want to close this tab? Oh, let's close uh, it on. I do. I do want to bring up one trivia piece that I'm surprised we didn't bring shot. up in either this or Manhunter. Uh, Ted Levine actually showed up to the Manhunter rap party, and that's part of why <laughs> uh, he was in discussions for this movie. Who's that? Te uh, the one who plays Buffalo Bill. Because okay. he was actually friends uh, with uh, Peterson at the time. Oh, yeah. So he actually showed up to the Manhunter rap party, and okay. so he has previous connection to this, the franchise. Okay, then. So as I said... So this movie, uh, you want to guess what it made? <laughs> <laughs> opening what? weekend. Opening weekend was February fourteenth. Uh, stupid time to do it. I mean, I mean, all, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the time. I'm not good at this. Uh, Can you give me a range? Uh, I'll tell you. It's thirteen million. Okay. How much did they? Um, like, what was the budget for it? 
Uh, I don't have. Caleb, can you find the budget for this? I have what it made domestically. Yeah, did budget was nineteen million. So it made nineteen million domestically. Made one hundred thirty million dollars. World, uh, and yeah. So uh, now world for the year. Yeah, for the year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say I got that bigger budget for war for the final box office because. I'm on box office mode, yeah, Joe. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I just had Wikipedia pulled up. <laughs> they tend to be good at showing box office, but they don't crunch the numbers as much as box office mojo. Um. So it almost made its budget in the opening weekend. Yeah. It did. Yeah. In February. Yeah. In February. Yeah. And you gotta understand, Orion Pictures was almost out. They were. They were. Yeah, they were dying. They were facing bankruptcy, and uh, this kind of saved them for a little bit. Not long. They ended up going. Uh, I don't have the um, I don't have the weekend numbers because it they they only have the Thursday numbers so that sucks so but I will do all time how about that we'll do um, yearly I should do this earlier and I forgot to Uh, this is two thousand nineteen ninety one. All right. Silence of the Lambs does make the top five of the year. Do you want to know where it ended? I'm going to say number one. It is not number one. But uh, get, well, get, get in the top three, then. I think maybe four. It is number four. Not in the top three, then. Number four. That's lame. Uh, number. number five is a Billy Crystal movie with the um, that also features the best supporting actor of this um, year. It's uh, about um, uh, city. It's city slickers. I was going okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. to give the hint away. Yeah, you were about to yeah. say it. I was trying to describe it. And when city, I was like, oh, I might as well just say the whole damn thing. Yeah. Um, number four, that. of course, is Signs of the Lambs. Number three is a movie we've done on this movie uh, on this podcast. It's a holiday movie, probably one of the biggest holiday movies of the 1990s. I don't know. I never know. You, we saw this. I think I, that's saw, delightful. I think we saw this together. In is it Die Hard? No. No, no, no. You said it's a holiday movie. Yeah, it, I, I, I'm not disagreeing. Home Alone? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm. There it is. Number two is a Kevin Costner film that is not Dances with Wolves. Oh. Because <laughs> I don't want to go ahead and nix that one. That was the year before. That's the one I was going to guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, also not about water. Uh, it is a famous story told many, many times. And all kinds of media. And Mel Brooks has specifically spoofed this version. Yeah, and he has spoofed this one specifically. This one and the Errol Friend one from the 30s. I have no idea. Uh, Caleb. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Had that god-awful Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I do, I do for you. Yeah. Is number one, a, is number one a Disney movie? Number one is not a Disney movie. Okay. Well, it's not 95, so it's not Toy Story. Well, uh, the, Disney, re- the Disney movie you're thinking... Yeah. Is number 13. Oh. What Disney movie is he thinking? The one that won an, an Oscar. Nominated, yeah. yeah. Nominated. Nominated, yeah. The first Aladdin? Nope. Nope. One year before. Beauty oh. and the Beast. Yeah. Okay. Beauty, like Be- Beauty and the Beast has the uh, the distinction of being the first animated film for being nominated for Best Picture. And then they, decided, sure. then they decided animated films aren't allowed to have Best Picture anymore. Well, no, they still do. Uh, They're still allowed. They, they, but they also gave them a separate category. Yeah. But they, they didn't do that until much, much later. Yeah. Uh, uh, the number one movie is a sequel. It's 
it is one of the rare occasions that the sequel is bigger than the original film. Oh, is, is it, it a Star Wars? No, 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 no. But it is a sci-fi movie. I would yeah. call it a sci-fi movie. Star Trek? No. No. Aliens? No. No, but you're on the right tr- Same director. track. Same director. Yeah. <laughs> Same director. <laughs> we haven't done, done these movies. We should, though. Uh, that's as far as I got. It's uh, Terminator 2. Judgment oh, Day. yeah, we haven't yeah. done those. Um, number six is Dances with Wolves. <laughs> so another. Uh, which he did well. Yeah, yeah he did. He, he had a good year. Um, number seven, Sleeping with the Ni- with the Enemy, which is a, gr- a Julia. That's a good film. It's a good film. It's a Julia Roberts movie. I didn't realize it made ninety four million dollars in that year, though. That's a lot of money. Number eight, <laughs> The Adams Family. Ooh, the yeah. Adams uh, number nine, The Naked Gun. Uh, two and a half, uh, The Smell of Fear. And number 10 is Go Ninja, Go Ninja, No, Go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Secret of the Ooze. Oh, yeah. And so, so which we've not done. We haven't done any of those. Um, I've actually seen one of those. Uh, I'm trying it's to th- the one where he has the toy and it keeps coming back up. I think oh. Home Alone may be the only. I'm looking real quick. I think Home Alone is the only one we've done. In the and uh, uh, 91. Um We've done a lot of other movies that are like there's a lot of sequels of this uh, movie come out. So yeah, so that's oh one of my favorite. No, it, uh, no, found one, found it. Warlock. We done Warlock. Oh yeah, we done yeah. We done Warlock. So that's there. We've we've done some that are pretty low on the list. Yeah, yeah. We have to keep scrolling. Yeah, that's why I got down to the past 100. And I'm like, oh there there we are. <laughs> there we are. So uh, Silence of Lambs. What do you think overall? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie for many reasons. I would highly recommend it. Uh, uh, I'm definitely going to watch it again. I watch it, I've already watched it three yeah. times this week. I'm uh, but I'm now, I'm like you, I'm now kind of like, I should watch Hannibal. Yeah, I'm watching I'm, Hannibal. I'm, I'm, I'm What's Hannibal on? Tr- what have you been watching it on? I think it's on Hulu. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I I've opened up. so many of those recently, I can't remember. I think it's on Hulu. I think it's on Hulu, too. But that's what I'm currently watching. Well. I'm pretty excited to go home and watch it again. Uh, I think Some more, I should say. I'm going to have to wait till after dinner, though. It is indeed on yeah. Hulu. Good. You guys can watch Hannibal on Hulu. Well, we're going to go eat some hamburgers. For Are they hamburgers, though? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> hamburgers and beef. And a nice Chianti. Uh This is Guy saying this is our contribution to the multiverse. Go out and make yours. Say goodbye. Bye.